holy hour of power, the Terry and Jesse show. Two Catholics that love the Lord, love our ladies, faithful sons of the church, PhDs in common sense. This is where we engage the culture of death with prayer, fasting, and full contact Catholicism. I'm reporting for duty. Terry, what about you? Yes, I'm reporting for duty. And I like, I like to call this black and white Catholicism. It's really, there's no ambiguity in our faith. And I think that uh, that's important to understand. And we're going to be talking about a topic. It's a little deep. I admit, I mean, my engineer Richard read it and said, I don't think you guys can, you got to break this down for people. I said, you're right. It's called Pope Francis's View of Truth. It's from Crisis Magazine. So you can read it yourself. But I think he did a very good job explaining how Pope Francis sees truth, and we're going to break all that down. So that'll be a good thing for us to chat with about. Also, i got to put your seatbelt on, Jess. We got a poem by Archbishop Sheen that was done in the late 60s when all this rebellion was going. And, you know, I kind of think we're back to the 1960s in the church. And wait till you hear this poem. It'll knock you off your horse. Jesse, any... uh, any uh, need-to-know file information, share with us, please. Uh, Terry, the uh, the only thing I, I got on my need-to-know file is that the month of July is the, dedicated to the precious blood of Jesus. Oh, that's the most important part. Absolutely. Remember that the Feast of the Precious Blood of Our Lord was instituted in 1849 by Pope Pius IX. Yes. But this devotion to the precious blood of Jesus goes all the way back to Calvary. Yeah. And in fact, the early church fathers... They say that the church, Catholic Church, was born from the pierced side of Christ in John chapter 19, yep. Yep. and that the sacraments were brought forth through His blood. And so let's not uh, let's not forget, as Catholics, try to get to mass as often as possible. Try to do an hour, a holy hour, at least once a week. And if you can't get to mass because you work or you go to school, make sure you do a spiritual communion. Mm with our Lord prayer, a spiritual communion with Jesus prayer. If you're saying, what's that prayer? That's the one that they pray before every day on EWTN right before Mass. The one Mother Angelica recites every single day. But there's different versions of them. But make sure that you call upon the name of Jesus and make spiritual communion with Him every day. Jesse, one more thing I will say about the Good to Know file. Yesterday we talked about that child um, trafficking and the great movie that's out with, with our friend... Eduardo, I wanted to say that California yesterday afternoon, I got the news, the Assembly Committee, check this out, it blocked a bill that would have sent human traffickers of kids to prison for life. You know what they said in the, these, these politicians? Oh, we don't think that fits guessing, the crime. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't fit. Come on, that's too, that's too hard. We're going to have more people in prison. We can't do that. You know what I think, Jesse? I'll tell you what I think. Some of these people who have voted on that not to... Uh, inflict a stronger sentence on child trafficking. They're, they're involved of, in it, brother. Am I on to something, or you think I'm... Of course they are. Of course. Of course they are. I think yeah. so. Do I yeah. just have uh, to bring uh, that up? Th- yeah, I just want to mention also that I got a Holy Land trip coming up October 6th to the 16th with Father Dave Nix. Good. Myself, my pastor. So if you want to go to the Holy Land with myself, my Good. wife, Father Excellent. Dave Nix, my pastor, who's a retired 30-year military um Major, good. Uh, first time he's going to the Holy Land because he's, he's never been able to travel because he's been in the military all his life. Uh, yeah, go to my website, jesseromero.com, and you can click on the flyer there, and you can go hang out with us for nine days wow. in the land where Jesus walked. Also want to mention, I'm going to be doing a spiritual war conference July 28th and 29th in Indianapolis. <laughs> uh, so if you want to go to a, a spiritual war conference that I'm going to be hosting, 
the go to the website Corpus Christi Corpus Christi uh, for Unity and Peace dot org Corpus Christi for Unity and Peace dot org for a spiritual warfare conference at Indianapolis Terry yes yeah, one more thing tell the people you're going to be in Washington D C and what you're doing there oh yeah that's going to be next uh, next up. Thursday yeah. I'll be there at Washington D C. Several apostles of a church militant is mm-hmm. is the tip of the spear. Sure. They're going to be having, it's going to be called uh, basically a deposit of faith coalition Good. where we're going to ask the bishops. First, we're going to start off with prayer and we're going to have several speakers that are going to speak specifically to some of the areas where the bishops are entangled with the Democrat party. Mm-hmm. And we're going to ask them prayerfully yeah. uh, to, to disentangle themselves yeah. From the millions of dollars that are coming into their coffers through Democrat legislation, this has to stop, Terry. Because my brother, my buddy Dan Schneider, just came back from Germany. He said, "Yes, the German church is in shambles because they got embedded with the government years ago. Now they're paying for it. Uh, it's 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 bleeding out. I think five hundred thousand people uh, left the German church last year. We're going down the same direction because our our U.S. bishops." are also enmeshed and entangled with the party of death here in this country. Yeah, 60% of the bishops' funding come from the federal government. I think people are shocked when they hear that. But we, so it's, we're almost similar to what Germany is doing. We're getting close to that, and we don't want that model. Thanks, Jess. Let's get some soul food in our soul, if we can, brother. Yep. Uh, speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Today's Holy Gospel, it's uh, Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 to 7. Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to drive them out and to cure every disease and every illness. Now, here's something I just want to mention about that verse. A lot of people think that, wow, if I go to this healing mass or this, you know, charismatic conference, I'm going to get healed. We have to understand that. The goal of Jesus ultimately is the healing of our soul. Amen. But too many people, they got this sickness, they got that illness. Oh, I want to get healed. So they run, they run from one healing service to another and ask this priest and this person, can you pray over me? Lay hands on me. Look it. If God wants to heal you, he will. But most of us are going to be called to carry a cross, and that's called the way of redemptive suffering. So don't fall into the, the prosperity gospel, the health and wealth gospel, where God wants to heal everybody, like they say in the TB channel. That's not true. We continue. The names of the 12 apostles are first Simon, <clears throat> called Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, the son of Zebedee, and, and his brother John, Philip, and Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanian, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed Jesus. Interesting, Peter's always named first, Judas is always named last. It's not a coincidence. Also, Jesus Christ as the new Moses, what, he, what he's doing here, he's giving us the new Israel of God, starting with 12, 12 Jewish men, just like in the Old Testament, the sons of Israel, 12 Jew, his sons started the nation of Israel. It says, Jesus sent out these 12 after instructing them, instructing them this, do not go into pagan territory or enter a Samaritan town, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, make this proclamation, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We see that Jesus Christ's first mission and ministry was to his people, to Israel, to the chosen people of God of the Old Testament. But obviously, 
the Catholic faith is a new Israel of God. And what does that mean? Is that Jesus Christ has taken the, what's good about Old Testament Israel in seminal form, in seed form. And what he did by, by bringing the Holy Spirit into the New Testament Israel, he's internationalized it. Yeah. And he's made the new Israel of God now open to Gentiles in all 197 nations around the world. So now the new Israel of God is Jew and Gentile comprised under the kingship and lordship of, of Jesus Christ. And as Catholics, we can't be anti-Semitic because the Catholic Church in its seminal form was all Jewish. Jesse, I'm going to get Bishop Sheen on the other side of the break. Give us a reason of why next week you're coming here with Dan and Kyle to finish up a video that's very important for the Catholic Church, and we need funding for that. Kind of tell us what you're doing with the boys. Yeah, we're doing several videos, myself and the guys from Liber Cristo. Mm -hmm. And what's going on is we're, we're, we're doing a series of videos where we are addressing the errors that we find in the modern church being taught in many modernist circles about saying, uh, you don't need a priest, you know, just confess, confess your sins to a lay person. Mm -hmm. You don't need a priest, have a lay person lay hands on you and drive out a demon. Um, uh, there's, there's so many, there's so many errors being taught right now that started from the sixties, Terry. Right. That's right. And it's like a runaway train right now. It's Nobody's nobody's even bishops are just kind of quiet about it. They're just like, okay, you know what? I don't, you know, see no evil, hear no evil. But these errors, Terry are prevalent amongst the church. And we have our own version right now in the church of the prosperity gospel. Yeah. Uh, that there, there are Catholics that basically believe that uh, God wants to heal everybody. God wants to, everybody has to be, you know, called to be basically healthy and wealthy and uh, demon free. Uh, all those things, Terry, are just absolutely patently not true. Yeah. And so Dan, Kyle, and myself, we are doing a series of professional videos where we're, where we're addressing at least 10 of the major errors in the modernist church right now that are being allowed by the bishops in most dioceses. Yeah. And maybe the bishops don't know about it, so this will be a catechetical tool for them so that they can rein in and make sure that their, 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 their diocese conform to Catholic norms and principles when it comes to our faith. And this is round two, and it does cost money for videography, flying everybody in. Yeah. So if people want to support us, and I hope you do, just go to uh, vmpr.org, our website, or you can call me at 661-972-7872. Call the toll-free number if you don't want to spend a dime, 877-526-2151. But I'd like to personally thank you to supporting this project. Last month we did the Dodger Stadium project. Now we have these, these videos we're doing that Jesse's talking about. And it's important for the Catholic Church. But, you know, we got to pay the bills. And we appreciate you helping us do that. You can do that by going to vmpr.org. Are calling us at 877-526-2151. When we come back, Bishop Sheen, did you know he wrote a poem? Yeah. Wait till you hear this poem about the Catholic Church and how appropriate it is for today in 2023. Stay with us. You won't want to miss Archbishop Sheen's poem about who's minding the store and who's minding the church. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back after a quick break. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jess, we just put up yesterday the T-shirt by, by Bishop Joseph Strickland. It says, I support Bishop Strickland. On the shirt, it says this, To be persecuted for speaking truth 
is an honor every Christian should be willing to embrace. It is walking with Jesus Christ, who is the truth incarnate. If we know Jesus, it is easy to speak his truth, no matter what forces oppose us. I like the last sentence. The opposition is temporary. Jesus is forever. So he's being persecuted inside the church. And if you want to get that shirt, go to vmpr.org and wear that shirt as your sign of your support for America's bishop, Bishop Joseph Strickland. All right, talking about bishops, Jess, let's get in Bishop Sheen. Let's bring the smartest guy into the room. Full Sheen ahead. I just found this poem by Bishop Sheen. A couple of my priest friends were like, wow, how appropriate for today. This was written in the late 60s. And the theme is who's minding the store, meaning the church. Here it comes. I went to the church the other day to free my soul for sin. I was looking for the preacher, but the preacher wasn't in. The sexton there assured me that there'd be no use waiting. The preacher's gone away, he said, to do some demonstrating. (laughs) What I want to know, I said, and I will make myself quite clear. While they're all demonstrating, who's running things down here? Who's taking care of sinners? Who's leading us in prayer? Who's feeding all the lost sheep that wander by right here? Who's baptizing babies? And another thing, I said, who's looking out for the sick folk and blessing all the dead? The sexton was a wise old man with a twinkle in his eye. He looked at me, scratched his head, and this was his reply. Son, what I'm going to say to you might strike you kind of odd. But since no one's here to help you, put your question up to God. So I asked him all those things last night when I bent my knee in prayer. Oh, Lord, I prayed, please tell me who's running things down here. The Lord sent down an angel. It was enough to make me sob when the angel said, The devil, he's doing a darn good job. Hey, Jess, when I read that, it just reminded me of what we're dealing with right now. Uh, the devil is alive and well. He's open. He's infiltrated the Catholic Church. And uh, I think that poem just sets the stage for what we're going to be talking about regarding uh, the article from Crisis Magazine. Your thoughts, Jess, on spiritual warfare. Didn't he just knock it out of the park with that? Who's in charge? Yeah. It, well, the Bible tells us in 1 John five nineteen. it says that it's, yeah, it says, it says, we, we are of God, comma, but the whole world is under the power of the devil. So yep. if you've ever been wondering who runs the world, yep. the Bible told us 2,000 years, for 2,000 years, the yep. devil runs the world. It's, it's that simple. It's, yeah. not, it's not difficult. No. It's in 1 John five nineteen, Yeah. And Jesus calls the devil, he calls him the prince of this world. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, the devil, when he tempts our Lord, he yep. says, these things are mine to give you. In other words, these things what? These things of the world. Everything of the world is in the power of the devil to give to people, to tempt them, to pull them away from Christ. And he also tempts our clergy, Terry. He does. Uh, you could see that it's very clear that our, our, our clergy is tempted. Right in the book uh, in the New Testament, when Judas Iscariot was at the Last Supper, it says, it says in, in, in John chapter 13, I believe, it says, And Satan entered into Judas's heart. Wow. Right there at the Last Supper, he's right next to the, the God incarnate, the Son of God, 
and the devil enters into Judas's heart right in the presence Incredible. of the king of kings and lord of lords. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and the devil went after the, the first pope as well. Yeah. The first pope, he was made the rock. He was made, uh, he was given the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And right after that, because now the first pope is, is, is contradicting the plan of salvation history, Jesus tells the first pope, Peter, get behind me, Satan. Yeah. Uh, and and, wow. and, and St. Paul also opposed the first pope to his face as well. In yeah. Galatians chapter 2, verse 11, for his hypocrisy. And he, he says, I resisted Peter to his face. And so, Terry, we're at a point of time, about the same point in time of history right now. Yeah. We as Catholics, we have to stand up for truth yeah. no matter who we have to stand up against. Well, because, but, Terry, we, we have to... We have to defend the papacy, but we can't defend error. Well, you just quoted Bishop Joseph Strickland, who I'm going to be doing a show this afternoon with. He said, this is the truth, a deposit of faith. We cannot abandon it no matter what forces in the world or in the church try to coerce us. This is not Pope John Paul II's truth. This is not Pope Francis's truth. They're, they're the vigor of Christ, not the superior of Christ. He said, Bishop Strickland says, it is Jesus, the truth. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So we have to remember that a pope cannot override Scripture, cannot override the deposit of faith. And this is kind of setting the stage up for a great article, Jesse, put it out by um, Crisis Magazine, about how does the Holy Father, Pope Francis, view truth? Because we hear some really interesting, and what I would say, things that appear objectively not consistent with the perennial teachings of the church. So let's jump into the article. It's a little deep, so Jess, we're going to need to break it down. Well, go ahead. I'm yeah, I think uh, I want to get uh, yeah, right listen. down. I want to get right down to where it says. Yeah, I'm listening. I highlighted the whole. What then does Francis say in his answer to Scolfari? Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's the meat the, of the article. Yeah, but that's yep. the meat of it right there. I agree. For, I got it all highlighted. Yep. Yeah. So we'll start from to there. To begin with, yes. Yeah, it says. What then does Fran Pope Francis say in his answer to Scolfari? It set the stage. This is an interview with an atheist. Let's make sure we understand. Yeah, he's an atheist journalist from yeah. Italy. I think yeah. he already passed. I think he just yeah, passed Yeah, he died away just too. recently. Yep. Okay. So this is what Pope Francis says. To begin with, I would not speak about absolute truths. Stop right there. <laughs> Every other pope has spoken about absolute oh, yeah. truths. Black and white so, so we now have a we now have the first pope that's using a term that's opposed to every other single pope in history. So here's what Pope Francis just said to Scolfari in an interview, quote, to begin with, I would not speak about absolute truths. So he goes against every single pope, Thomas Aquinas, the yep. doctors of the church, the scholastics, the church fathers. Then he says even for believers in the sense that absolute is that which is connected and bereft of all relationship. I'll, I'll stop there. That's not true. You, because you embrace absolute truth does not mean that you can't have a relationship. For example, who is absolute truth? Jesus Amen. and everything he says through the church mm -hmm. and we have a relationship with him. So, so, Believing in absolute truth does not preclude you from having a relationship with God. So that, that statement there was really problematic. It is big time. And, and Jesse, this is why 
the people in the, in the pew need to have it simplified to say, you know, we do have truth. We don't have your truth, Jess Romero's truth, Terry Barber's truth. We need to be clear. And I believe maybe I can't judge the Holy Father's intentions. Okay, I can't. But what I can judge is what he says. And when he says this, that uh, I would not speak about absolute truth, even for believers, for the sense that the absolute is that which is disconnected and bereft of all relationships. Somehow that statement makes it sound like, well, only truth is this if it deals with relationships. Jesse, I have yeah. to say that yes. that's not it's what, it's what he just is that what, that's what I got out of it. What is, yeah. Relationships have nothing to do with objective truth. Am I off? No, no. You could you could believe in objective truth in an island by yourself yes. with nobody around and have no relationship with exactly. anybody. Uh, he says, the Pope Francis yeah. says to Scolfari, yeah. truth according to the Christian faith is the love of God for us in Jesus Christ. Therefore, truth is a relationship. Uh, I would just say that truth is a person, quoting other popes exactly. in the past. Father yeah. Karabi also. Yeah, <laughs> Father Pope Benedict, Pope John Paul II, truth is a person. Yep. Okay, and and we have a relationship with that person, but truth, first of all, is a person. Yep. So all the other popes have said that, and he's saying that truth is a relationship. Yep. He goes, as such, each one of us receives the truth and expresses it from within. That is to say, according to one's own circumstances, culture, and situation in life, Back up for that, Jesse. Come on, talk that. Yeah. I, I got, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so everybody receives the truth and expresses it from within. That is to say, according to one's own circumstances, culture, and situation in life. No, truth is objective. It's and irrelevant it's where it is. And it doesn't matter. You could be born in Bolivia or Brazil or Peru or Germany. Yeah. It doesn't matter. When you encounter Christ and his truth and his holy exactly. do- and his church and the doctrines, your circumstances, your culture, your situation, you could be poor, rich, Amen. educated. It doesn't matter. Once, once you encounter truth, you embrace it and you know it to be true because your soul tells you it's true. And also because it's been handed down by the by the reliable eyewitness testimony of men and the Holy Spirit. Then then the Pope says, this does not mean that truth is variable and subjective, quite the contrary, but it does signify that it comes to us always and and only as a way and a life. Did not Jesus himself say, I am the way, the truth, and the life? In other words, truth being completely one with love demands humility and an openness to be sought, received, and expressed. Uh, Then he says... uh, Then the article of Christ says, this is a crucial passage and it requires much unpacking. Pope Francis distances himself from understanding truth as as variable Mm -hmm. and subjective. Right. Indeed, he claims that it is quite the contrary. But it is hard to see that his claim, that his disclaimer is persuasive. He is skeptical about speaking of absolute truth. But let us note that Francis' skepticism arises from his claim that for Christians, truth is not only mediated through a relationship with a divine person, Christ, but also is known under the conditions of history. Thus, in his skepticism about absolute truth, he implies that he objects to the idea of a truth in itself without a knowing subject. Yep, yep. Then, you, you, actually re- you actually said it better than him, Jeff. Sorry. Go yeah. ahead. Christ says, in my judgment, Francis confuses the conditions under which I know that something is true and the conditions that make something true. In other words, he confuses the question of whether one knows that the statement is true or is justified in believing it and the question of whether the statement is in fact true. Well said. Let me, Terry, 
I'm going to summarize something. Yeah, summarize it because real, real quick. Yeah. Uh, the, but we'll, we'll we'll keep going through the article. Yeah, yeah. One of the problems that you see with Pope Francis, and it's been happening since he became the Pope in 2013, and I think he does it intentionally because he's been doing it for 10 years. Yeah. He speaks ambiguously. Yes. And so he speaks in such a way where he can be interpreted two ways. He could say, well, I said this, but I really mean that. Yeah. Also, I think you'll find one of the things that I've noticed in 10 years of tracking his papacy, the Holy Father, is that is that he holds, he really holds to what I would call the primacy of conscience. Yes. Where, where we hold to the primacy of divine revelation. Yes. Scripture, tradition of the magisterium. You could see the way he writes and what he says. He holds to the primacy of conscience. And this article really demonstrates that we'll be back. Hold that, Jesse, because that is a very good distinction. That's why we need to be praying for the Pope to have a clarity with charity rather than ambiguous teachings. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back after a quick, quick break. Go for it, Jesse. This is a great topic. Pope Francis's view of truth. You were just making the comment about uh, the uh, the supremacy of conscience over what we call revealed truth in the gospel. Continue, because that's yeah. a very critical point. Yeah, when I read the article, the, the two things that jumped out at yeah. me is, is once again, yeah. he uh, he's for, thir- for 10 years, he's been purposely speaking ambiguously. Mm-hmm. And that way, and... It, it, I'm used to because living in Los Angeles most of my life. Mahoney did the same thing. Oh yeah, he wrote a lot of his his uh, apostolic letters where you can interpret them both ways. Yes, and, and exactly. This, and this really comes Terry from a lot of the modernists in Vatican II. They actually said this yeah. that we want to write the documents in such a manner yes. after Vatican II. They admit it. We wrote the documents in such a manner that they can be interpreted both ways. So this is the way that modernists. This is the, the way they navigate in the church. But the other thing, when I read the article, yeah. and as I've been watching his papacy for 10 years and praying for him every day, by the way, yes, um, I also see that he holds to uh, the primacy of conscience. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, and this is why, again, forming a healthy moral conscience based on the word of God, based on divine revelation, this is absolutely critical for Catholics because you can fall into all these thinking errors. Yes, you know, thinking errors like um, moral relativism. Right. Uh, you know, you fall into the fundamental option theory. Yes. Uh, there, yeah, there's all there's all kinds of thinking errors. Yes. But uh, here's another part that jumps out at me. Before you do that, Jess, let me just make one comment that makes it understandable. Mm-hmm. And that is Pope Francis spent two years in Germany being formed as a young priest. Okay, That should give you an indication of how he's thinking, because these modernists that formed him gave him this process. And let's be honest, the people in Germany, they think, like he just said, I'm affirming the existence of absolute truth. Uh, The people in Germany don't see a problem doing all these crazy things. Why? Because they think their conscience overrides divine revelation. That's it. that's, That's the article right there. Yeah. Conscience... Your, your primacy of conscience overrides 2,000 years yeah, of divine that's revelation. We that's not what we teach. No, uh, but, but that, that's what we're seeing right now in the modern-day magisterium, Terry. Right. Uh, it's, uh, it says, 
uh, as Francis as Francis rightly says a few paragraphs down, yeah. acknowledging that this claim is made from a social, cultural, historical, and ecclesial location in life. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, the ep- epistemic conditions under which one comes to know the truth involves the right dispositions, moral, and religious character of the inquirer, as Francis correctly suggests. Then it says, However, Francis also confuses the matter in question. Truth itself is not a relationship. Rather, the knowledge of truth consists of a relationship, personal encounter, trust, obedience, and love between the knower and the known. So he was corrected there by Price's magazine. Furthermore, Personal knowledge is indissolubly linked with, con- with conceptual content, with believing and hence affirming certain things to be true. Claims regarding what God says to us, it is no wonder that the Catechism of the Catholic Church teaches, quote, in paragraph 150, faith, faith is first of all a personal adherence from man to God. At the same time, and inseparably, it is a free ascent to the whole truth that God has revealed, close quote. Crisis Magazine writes, This teaching is missing in Francis. Yes, it is. John Paul II rightly sees what Francis overlooks. Right. John Paul writes, With regard to the, to the intellectus fide, a prime consideration must be that divine truth proposed to us in the sacred scriptures and rightly interpreted by the church's teachings. John Paul II is quoting St. Thomas Aquinas enjoys an innate intelligibility so logically consistent that it stands as an authentic body of knowledge. The intellectus fide expounds this truth not only in grasping the logical and conceptual structures of the propositions in which the church's teaching is framed, but also indeed primarily in bringing to light the salvific meaning of these propositions for the individual and for humanity. Yeah. From the sum of these propositions, the believer comes to know the history of salvation, which culminates in the person of Jesus Christ and in his paschal mystery. Believers then share in this mystery by their ascent of faith. That's paragraph 65 of Faith and Reason. And so more than a half century ago, the, the Pope John Paul II expressed clearly when he was a cardinal the point regarding the distinction between justification and truth. Mm-hmm. Here's what he said as yep. Cardinal Wojtyla. He said this. It is not the strength, the power of conviction, or the authenticity of belief with which the given subject passes a judgment that determines whether or not it is true. Say that again, because the Holy <laughs> that, Father needs to hear that. Sorry. Yeah, th- that, that sentence applies straight to Pope Francis. Exactly. And this is the one Pope speaking to another one Pope, pope from, to another. From, the, from the grave. Yep. It is not the strength, the power of conviction, or the authenticity of belief yep. with which the given subject passes a judgment that determines whether or not it is true. But rather its conformity with that to which to which or to whom the, the given judgment pertains. The subject is the exclusive author of the judgment, but is not, however, the author of its truth. The distinction is often forgotten, especially when the pertinent judgments or assessments are accompanied by strong affective reactions. That's those emotional reactions. Jesse, if I could just jump in and put this in an application. Uh, I've got John Paul II pointing out on the exhortation on the family. He says, any husband or wife who has obtained a civil divorce from the spouse to whom he or she is validly married and has contracted a civil marriage 
with some other person during the lifetime of that legitimate spouse and who lives in a marital way with a civil partner and who chooses to remain in this state with full knowledge of the nature of the act and with full consent of the will to act is in a state of mortal sin. Man, how clear can you be? Mm -hmm. And therefore cannot receive sanctifying grace and grow in charity. Therefore, these Christians, unless they are living as brother and sister, cannot receive Holy Communion. Now, with that kind of principle that he just you just read, that's the application of it. Now, Francis Amoris Letitia, 19, 2016, chapter 8, he says just the opposite, that these people can receive Holy Communion. Here's my question as a layman, Jess. I'm not. I'm just a Joe Sixpack. It can't be both. They both can't be right, Jesse. Yeah, Terry, and I'll tell you what you'll find the modernists today, they're always using the terms like have an encounter or, or dialogue. The yeah. dialogue's the big, the big one. D dialogue, by the way, this is a dialectic materialism yeah. phrase used by Karl Marx and Hegel. Yep. That's Hegelian philosophy. And the liberals have used this word dialogue on a universal level. You know, the liberals have the answer before they ask the question. That's what that means. And they're trying to change the church by having synods, the synodalities. And the liberals already have made up their mind what they're going to do. So the synods, Terry, yep. are just a Trojan horse. It's smoke and mirrors. Yep. And dialogue is just a throwaway word to the left to make you feel like you have equal footing and a voice in the church, which, which you don't. And Jesse, just to throw something, think about why this is so important. Throughout the ages, Jesse, not in our lifetime, but throughout 2,000 years, countless martyrs have died for the truth that is presently under attack. The agenda of this Senate that's going on is pushing and seeking to render their sacrifices meaningless. Yep. Okay? If the Senate can change these truths, then any future Senate can change others. The church is irrelevant. You see why this is an important topic, brother? Yeah, uh, uh, John Paul II, it says here in the article, yep. rightly states in Fetus yep. Aracho 95, yep. truth can never, quote, truth can never be confined to time and culture. Exactly. In history, it is known, but it also reaches beyond history. So that, that statement from Pope John Paul II really contradicts what Pope Francis said to, to Scolfari. An, another, er, another thing that jumps out at me that's me. really good here. Tell me. It's, uh, it says... Uh, <clears throat> about Pope Francis, some of the things that, that uh, he writes. Mm -hmm. He says, uh, Moreover, Cardinal Bergoglio affirms that the truth, beauty, and goodness exist. The absolute exists. It can, or rather, it should be known and perceived. Uh, yet sometimes Bergoglio does not seem to understand the idea of logically exclusive beliefs exactly. and what is entailed by that idea. For instance, uh, Pope Francis stresses, quote, let us not compromise our ideas, utopias, possessions, and rights. Let us give up only the pretensions that they are unique and absolute. Close quote. Does he realize that this sounds like subjective truth or of personal course. truth? Yeah. So is Bergoglio suggesting that Christianity is not absolute by that phrase, by that statement? You can interpret it that way. Does he realize that giving up the so-called pretension means renouncing the finality, fullness, and superiority of God's revelation in Jesus Christ? Elsewhere, Bergoglio writes, he writes, to dialogue with other religions means to believe that the other has something worthwhile to say and to entertain his or her point of view and perspective. 
Engaging in dialogue does not mean renouncing our own ideas and traditions, but the renouncing of the claim that they alone are valid or absolute. <laughs> Close quote. So his disclaimer, withdrawing the validity of absoluteness of Christian beliefs, sounds like relativism to me, Terry. Me too, Jess. Despite his disclaimer, does Francis view, does his view entail a relativistic view of truth? It sure seems so it when you look at so, it. And, and it seems that way. Let's be honest. We should never worry about who will be offended if you speak the truth. Some people say, Jess Romero, Terry Barber, you're criticizing. Knock it yeah, knock it off. <laughs> exactly. No, worry about who will be misled, deceived, and destroyed if you don't. Remember Fulton Sheen's line, if souls are saved, everything is saved. If souls aren't saved... Nothing is safe. So you think we like to bring this up, but you know why we bring it up? Because it's the truth that sets us free. And we pray for Holy for Pope Francis every day, like every Jess day. just said, because he needs the grace to confirm us in our faith, not to undermine the deposit of faith. And many times when I read his writings, that's exactly what happens. Now, when we come back from the break, we'll follow up with some more contrary statements that he's making that can be understood in the German way. Like I said, if you just... Terry, we got, we got Church Milton up now. Oh, I have already forgot. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we're going to apologies. We're going we're to recommend that everybody Crisis read this magazine. article. Read this article. Yep. Get, get, get our show notes. <laughs> read this article Terry. yourself. Read it slowly with a cup of coffee. Church Milton up next. Terry, you get carried away with your topics, don't you? I certainly do. I hope you enjoyed what we had to say there, folks. We'll be back with Church Militant and much more to inspire you to fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. We're back to Terry and Jesse Show. Every Wednesday, we got our our buddies from Church Militant. We've got... Brad with us. Brad, how are you, my friend? <laughs> Welcome to the show. Do, Talk to us. Doing very well, guys. Hey. We're glad to be here. Well, we're glad to have you, brother. A lot going on, right? Yep. Uh, absolutely. We're really overwhelmed this week, uh, you know, going into full full speed ahead, going into D.C., as you guys know, being yep. part, of the, part yep. of the spearhead movement there. We really want to pressure the bishops. Uh, next Thursday, July 20th, uh, we're going to have a prayer rally uh, at the uh, USCCB headquarters in Washington, D.C. That's going to be from 11 to 11.45 Eastern Time. Uh, we'll have coverage here at Church Militant uh, uh, about that whole event. But you guys will be, you know, you're part of that. There's 12 sure. coalitions going on, uh, all taking part of that. And what we're trying to, and then right after that, uh, from two till, uh, from 1 till 2.30 is going to be a press conference. It can be four speakers on specific targets there. And what's happening here is, uh, we're identifying more and more over time that the U.S. bishops, the church leadership, is really affecting what's going on in this country. They're getting uh, half a billion, that's wow. a big B, uh, half a billion in funding each year through all the various programs. And, you know, this this uh, movie uh, basically that came out, Sound of Freedom, yes. really highlights the fact of human trafficking going on in the world. Well, we have that going on in our southern border. Sure. And this... this uh, unfettered immigration status that the bishops are backing uh, basically is allowing, facilitating, as you know, uh, a lot of human trafficking coming across uh, the southern border. So that's one thing that's very, uh, that we really want to address. Another thing is uh, Cardinal uh, Dolan, Supich, uh, Tobin in New Jersey, yeah. they're saying, hey, guys, law-abiding citizens, turn in your guns. 
Uh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, what? I think so. Why are you, you know, you guys are supposed to be, uh, you know, your, your catechism says that we have a right to defend ourselves. Yes. And even a duty to defend those who are dependent upon us, such as our own children, stuff from, from moral aggression. Yep. So what we're looking at doing here is three things. We actually want to stop these contracts because it's a huge misdirect when, you know, he who pays the fiddler calls the tune. And getting yeah. your hands tied with the purse strings here, you're basically so involved with all the social justice stuff, you don't have anything, any time from the pulpit to really talk about the life issues. Like the, the Catholic bishops have never taken up a single uh, collection for pro-life cause in, in the last wow. 50 years. Wow. So there's a lot going on right there. And another thing is the 990 forms. We want the USCCB to be filing 990 so that we see the transparency, you know, guys like Michael Hitchborn and, and Lepanto, and they're tracking, and we're tracking a lot of the, where all the money trails are, and it's hard to do that with the bishops because they're not uh, beholden to filing 890s. And then finally, just remove the tax-exempt muzzle. They're always standing behind, oh, I can't talk about pro-life issues, you know, come, uh, you know, you can't, I can't tell you not to vote for a pro-abort uh, politician and, or, or, you know, get involved with, you know, uh, saying that they can't receive communion from the from you know because of their pro pro abort stance. So how about we just remove that whole tax exempt status? So we're we're trying to expose the the bishops for for glad handing, being in bed with, uh, kowtowing, yep. uh, pushing globalist, anti-American, Marxist, aka Democrat uh, policies for the last 50 years and we really want it to stop. Amen, Brad. Well hey, Brad, said. Give give us a little bit about the way the day is going to go. What, what time, where are the lay people going to meet at? And uh, what are the events that are scheduled for the day? The, all, the, all the details of that have just been hammered out with, with regard to a, a press release. You can come to our site to okay. check that out, churchmilton.com, for all the details. Um, I wasn't actually involved with the exact media uh, process, but the address for you know, the USCCB headquarters, the time that they're gathering there. Uh, was 11, 11.45, then uh, how things are going to transfer to the press uh, the, the press conference, the speakers who are going to be there, uh, the, the things that they're going to be addressing specifically, all those specifics are being hammered out. There's a press release that's being uh, sent out now, as I understand. You should be able to come to our site to find to get, to get that with all those uh, details that I don't have actually in front of me right now. Got are, are the lay people going to be standing out there in public, or is there going to be an, uh, uh, an auditorium or convention center or what? Out, outside the headquarters, so it, okay. it's out in the uh, outside. The uh, Yeah, we're not going to be able to go inside the headquarters of USCCB, but it's going to be like, uh, you know, when you're protesting outside of an abortion mill and that type of thing. Uh, they only let you so far in, into, the, uh, into the area. So we're going to do what we can at that time. And, uh, yeah, and then just come to our site, basically, to, uh, to find all the details of that out. Got it. Okay, excellent. Uh, uh, moving on, we have another story that we did on Rome Dispatch this morning. And it's a re revisiting of this God, you know, from Pope Francis, God wills all religions. Oh. And it really sounds uh, kind of scandalous in a way because there's never any clarity. Now, uh, this recently came about, you know, the, the, the 2019 Abu Dhabi, the, the, uh, in, in the uh, Middle East, the, the town there, Abu Dhabi, in the uh, United Arab, Arab, Arab uh, em Emirates. 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 Emirates is... Um, where the actual declaration was signed on, on human freedom and that. And basically that document, Schneider, Bishop Schneider, kind of cornered uh, Francis last year when he was in Kazakhstan 
And he said, are we talking about God's, you know, active will or permissive will, you know? And basically the Pope said, well, it's his permissive will. Okay, well, that just means that God permits evil. He, he allows the devil to exist. I mean, man's free will has to roll out, and God doesn't rubber stamp all the errors that come off of a man's tongue, even though God will allow the man to speak. So um, that's never really said, though. And, and recently in an interview, why it came up again, there was an interview that Pope Francis gave, the first of its kind to the uh, Arab-speaking world, and he, he brought this up again. It had to do with the Quran burning a, a week before that by a guy who was very dis, uh, 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 affected by the uh, 2014 ISIS rolling through uh, you know, the Middle East and all the rampage that they had there, and he burned a Quran, uh, uh, the Quran about a, uh, uh, a couple weeks ago. Anyway, the Pope came out in defense of that and talked about the Abu Dhabi agreement, you know, the, all religions and everything uh, are all God wills all that. Well, you know, how we approach, you know, conversion and not coercion, that's true, and man's free will and all this type of stuff. But there could be a little more clarity with regard to that. And it hit home even more in, in a third story that had to do with the World Youth Day in Lisbon. Bishop, uh, if I pronounce his name right, Agu Aguar. This is unbelievable. Uh, here it comes. He actually says we're not going to be. You guys exactly. heard about that. Exactly. Of course, we talked we're, about this. Go ahead. John Paul II start. Well, I got to tell the people in case they haven't. Yeah. Uh, he's saying we're not about converting anybody <laughs> to Christ. Really? Or the Catholic Church. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Yeah. So you don't think that there is some fallout, knockoff effect with regard to what, you know, this all religions are just as good yeah, and all that type exactly. of thing. Uh, many roads to Mecca and all this type of stuff. So that's some real world consequence. John Paul II started the World Youth Days, you know, to bring the youth to Christ. Yes. And it was not just, hey, have a lot of fun and come as you are. And now it's go as you are, yeah. right? Come and go as you are. Yeah. You know, nobody's going to be affected here. So that's that's really rough to uh, hear that. Now, the, the, the further knockoff is this bishop is going to be getting a red hat. He's going to be made a cardinal. That's the crazy. Uh, and one of the 21 cardinals that Pope Francis announced they'll be rolling out in September. So, you know. Uh, what can you say? It's, it's not heretical, but, you know, the administrative policies leave a lot to be desired and prudential judgments being what they are. But that's that's on Pope Francis. I want to tell all your audience, our audience and stuff that stay Catholic is unsinkable bark of Peter, even though it may seem at times that there's some drunken sailors on board. The <laughs> ship. OK, the ship can't go down. Right. And uh, and, and what are you going to do? You can say, oh, well, the ship's going down. Therefore, I'm going to jump overboard. Well, that's a certain death. Right. So uh, anyway, Brad, uh, Brad, if I yep. could just jump in and say this, sure. because what you just said is spot on. Pope Francis and any of these progressive people in the church are not going to be there at your exit interview. Absolutely. What's going to be there is your closeness that you have to Jesus Christ, how close you are living the gospel. So it's irrelevant um, to me at my exit interview, these guys that are trying to undermine uh, Catholic teaching by ambiguity. So I just want to make sure everyone knows that you live a holy life and you're going to be in good shape at your exit interview. Back to you, Brad. And I did want to point out, some people are pointing to the the, the statement saying, well, okay, well, that has that's straight up heresy. You know, the Pope can't be the Pope because, well, no. it's not heresy, but that, I'm not trying to whitewash it. I'm saying, well, the ambiguity, the lack of clarity, it has a knockoff effect, yeah. has a scandalous effect. The the prudential judgment to not clarify these things right. and all this is, is a huge problem. Yeah. Uh, is it heretical per se? Well, no, you can say, well, God permits the devil. So God's permissive will, he right. even allows the devil to continue in existence right. and all of that. So, you know, when it comes down to brass tacks, you go to clarify things all the way down, 
you want to be assured that, okay, well, it's not heresy, but man, it's a, it's, it's really a loose way of saying things without really, you know, and giving a false implication on that. Uh, and that's unfortunate. So we try to take a, a clear look at what, what, what is coming out of Rome and, you know, try to isolate as best we can the specific thing that is wrong with it. Right. Uh, and, and then give the antidote. Like you say, you know, they're not going to be there at your judgment day. Yep. Uh, and, and it's you, how you, well you lived your faith. And we had 2,000 years right. of, of tradition of pointing the way. Do we really, can we really get lost that quickly? <laughs> you know, uh, do you have to have a, a math teacher every two minutes tell you two plus two is still four? Right. You know, well, and if a, new, if a new math teacher comes in and says, well, two plus two may be three and a half, I don't know what he's smoking or whatever I else, you, but it's still four. Yeah, and I want to remind everybody, the path into the church is not this acceptance, it's conversion. We have to remember, without conversion, there is no acceptance, because people say, oh, you can be, be the way you are and be a follower of Christ. No, Christ calls each one of us to holiness through our own personal conversion. That's, I wanted to just make that point, Brad. And speaking about personal conversion... All three, all three I, of I, us, and, yeah, go ahead. I guess Tim Scott's calling us to conversion as well, right? Brett? I'm glad you brought that up Good. because I, I, I was going to talk about Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina yes. just recently. He said, you know what? Your, your rights, your inalienable rights come from God, Amen. not from law. And that's a, such a wonderful, refreshing thing to hear from a lawmaker. Yeah, but that, 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 you know, and all he's doing is channeling the Declaration <laughs> of Independence, right? Exactly. Uh, you know, it's self-evident, supposedly, that, you know, your inalienable rights, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness right. uh, come from God. If anything came out of the religious freedom, dignitatis humanae, in, in Vatican II, it was that very thing that yeah. that you have. Uh, you can't coerce people. You have to convert them. They do have a dignity because of their uh, free will, and uh, you have to respect that. That's right. Uh, but it, uh, but convert them. Bring them into the Catholic Church. Make Amen. them Catholic. We're all. It's a lifelong conversion for all of us. All of us. Is. We're all in, in that process. Metanoia. Hey, Brad. Thanks for joining us here at the Terry and Jesse Show. Church Militant. Check them out for the latest news and encouragement in the faith, and also the teachings they have available on their website. Jess Romero, what state should we be living in, brother? State of grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. And and uh, if you can make, if you live any, anywhere near the Washington area, go next week to the prayer rally out uh, out there. That's uh, being uh, the tip of the spear, Church Militants. I'll be there. And uh, pray a rosary every day. Catholics, no excuse. Terry, take it and away. remember, Our Lady of Fatima said souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. What? They're going to hell because of that? Yep. We can intercede for them. Let's make some sacrifices today for the salvation of souls. It's what I want to do, and I hope that's what you want to do. Thanks again for supporting us here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Up next, Matt Barnard Show.